Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it, Adam got it. Positivity. Hi, welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Leslie Gilchrist. Leslie Gilchrist is an ice skating instructor that helps people and coaches them to become the best that they can be in ice skating. We talk about motivation, mindset, energy, and much more. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Leslie. How are you doing? Nice to uh, have you on the podcast. It's awesome to finally be here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, you're welcome. Um, it's good to, you know, touch base and reconnect properly again. I um, I thought, like, we could talk about, to begin with, like, because um, you do, like, ice skating. You have, like, a pastor doing, like, ice skating. And I saw your video, actually, recently. It's pretty amazing. And you, you said something like you haven't done it in a while, but you still, like, made it look like you've done it all your life. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't. It hasn't been all my life, but it's been... Let's see, I took 15 years off of skating. So I, I started skating when I was older anyway. Um, I did dance as a young kid. I did tap dance. I was a nerd. And wow. then got into skating when I was like 12 years old. I hated it. I actually hated it initially. And my mom loved it. And she bribed me to going and going with her. And uh, I went once. And I was like, hey, yeah. that sucked. Let's never do that again. And uh, <laughs> she goes, no, no, no. We, we got to go. Just go with me one more time. And my parents were broke at the time. And so I said, all right, mom, you give me a skating skirt and white skates and I'll go. And I was like, they're not buying anything. So I'm, I'm scot-free out of this one. I think I was 11 years old at the time. And uh, my dad worked at a sporting goods store and somebody just happened to return a pair of skates that they had to throw out my size that were white. And my mom took one of my skirts and just like chopped it off and hemmed it up. And she was like, look, skating skirt and skates. And I was like, oh, oh really (laughs) fine I'll go and I ended up falling in love with it and so I did that from I started competing when I was 12 years old so I was an old lady in skating already did that through high school and then um not much in college because it's expensive and I was a broke college student so Mm. took 15 years off got back into it a little bit but the video you're talking about I I used to spin like I loved spinning and so uh, I thought I'd go out and try again but it's different now. Like I get so dizzy, but it, yeah, it was fun. So hopefully I'll be able to get into it some more and, and find that happiness, find my happy place on the ice again. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cause I, I saw the video and it's like, you span around like really fast, like ran around. <laughs> and it, made, it made me kind of feel funny, like watching it. Cause I, I imagine myself doing that. And, um, I suppose you probably do get used to it. I suppose you just kind of have a point to focus on when you spin around. 
So everybody actually deals with it differently. And that's kind of the cool thing about, about human nature is everyone, you know, we could all be doing the same spin, but we're all going to deal with it differently. So like there's a kid that I teach and he rolls his eyes back in his head when he spins and it kind of freaks me out, <laughs> but it works for him. Other yeah. people close their eyes. Some people look down. I let my eyes blur because I have, I have bad eyes anyway, so I can let them blur and everything kind of just goes away. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's definitely weird. And since having kids, it's changed so much too. So I can do mm -hmm. certain spins, but if like I do what's called a layback spin and I tilt my head back when I spin, I get nauseous like that. Like, <laughs> like I'm that old lady on the ice. I'm like, oh, oh, oh wow. we're done with those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, with the spinning and stuff, you do get used to it. The human body is incredible like that. It really is. Yeah, it's, I suppose you adapt and you just adjust to like certain situations, don't you? And uh, it's like kind of like probably muscle memory in some way. You just kind of get back into that routine of it. I, I remember yeah. when I first did ice skating years ago and the place where I did it, they gave you these crappy ice skates and they were like, they're like made of plastic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and I remember, yeah, like really cheap ones. And I remember that, like you're, you're skating around and I remember when I finished, I, like, I was covered in blisters. And um, you see other kids, you know, like flying around in these expensive ice skates, like flying around backwards and stuff. And it's, yep. uh, it's a lot of discipline. It is a lot of discipline. I was actually talking to one of my students, uh, God, this week, I think it was. And they were working on something and they're like, I was just doing this and it was fine. I, you know, I could do it just fine the other day. And I said, stop, time out. The coolest thing about ice skating is you'll never be perfect. It is mm. impossible to be like the best and perfect because you may have the most points in a program, but somebody else over here can do something else better. I said, and mm. in skating, you're going to be able to do something amazing one day. And for the next three months, you're not going to be able to do it because it is such a finite sport right? You're putting all this power and all this momentum and everything onto this tiny piece of, of ice and you're going, okay, well, I have to coordinate my entire body literally head to toe just right to make this work. And so it's just nothing but repetition and hard work and discipline and discipline and discipline. And it's going to suck some days and you're going to go, well, I guess we're still going to do it anyway because I have a goal, right? Mm. Keep working. Mm. But, so here, okay, here's your Here's your secret to skating. Next time you go mm. skating, which you should go, just don't get the yeah. crappy plastic skates. Um, <laughs> you have to think of your body in two halves, okay? So you'll be the guy flying around the ice in no time with this. So think about it from the waist up. You're like a, a dancer, a ballerina, right? You have to carry yourself really tall, right? Your head has to stay very tall. You don't want your nose in the air. But from the waist down, you have to think of yourself like hip hop dancer. You have to stay really low. So yeah, yeah. if you look from the side, you'll have a line that goes from your shoulder to your hip, to your heel, straight down. Boom. As long as you keep that line, you'll stay on your feet and have great balance. Hmm. And then you'll fly. Yeah. See, no, now sounds, you know the secret. I know. I'll have to try it next time and um, count how many times I'm trying not to fall over and stuff. Oh, no, 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 no. Trying not to fall does not count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. tries not to fall. It's the falling part. You get to count those ones. Only yeah. if you're not being goofy. Goofy yes. falls are different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose it's kind of like, it's that process, isn't it? I think, you, you know, I think that's what's important with a lot of things in life is like that process, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're kind of going in there kind of a bit like Bambi. I suppose. And then over time, it's that process of practice and getting better, which probably, you know, probably increase, probably good for people's, you know, self-esteem and how people feel, you know, if you think, you know, for exercise and, you know, doing activities like that. It is. And um, it's cool because it's something that you can apply to so many areas in your life. So absolutely in sports and, and skating, things like that, you need to apply that. But it's no different than like with job interviews, right? If you only do mm -hmm. like one job interview every couple of years, it's probably going to be rusty. It's probably yeah. not going to be there. It's not that natural feel, but if you're looking for a job and you constantly are having these job interviews, you get that comfort, you get your happy place in there. It's no different with anything. It's, it's dealing with crappy drivers on the road, right? You get used to yeah. being able to just go, I'm just going to chill out. <laughs> They're not worth my <laughs> energy right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. scream in my head. 
right? But the more you practice it and you keep that discipline, the easier it gets. And yeah, it's just a matter of, is it physical or mental or both and mm. throw it all together. But yeah, I think, I think Bambi's a, f- a fabulous um, example on that one through yeah. life. We're all, we're all Bambi's initially. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think like, it's, it's probably, it's probably a place of growth, isn't it? I think if you can kind of go through that stage and you know, kind of be vulnerable, isn't it? But, you know, be vulnerable, go out your comfort zone, go into those situations or scenarios where you feel like you know, you're skidding on ice. And then you look, you look back to it, you know, over time and you're not skidding on ice anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It was funny. I was talking to um, Mark Straczewski, who is on LinkedIn. He's awesome hmm. if you don't. I think you do. I think you do you follow him at all? Mark What's he's a he's a produ- productivity coach. What, what's his name? How do you pronounce it? Ah, uh, oh, you're gonna ask for a spelling. Let me see if my, I can my, find my, it my, really quick. Am I? Because I, I, I want to say it's kind of like it looks like a Polish. It looks Polish, um, but I could be wrong. Sorry if it's not Polish, Mark. Chichewski. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But anyway. Oh, is it McClatch? 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 It looks like that. Yeah, let me see. Is he, is he wearing a suit? No, I don't know. It's S-T-R-U-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Okay. No, Just I, a I'm headshot. not. But, yeah, but I, I, can't, I can connect afterwards. Okay. Yeah, so he would be an awesome one to connect with. But I had talked to him once and, and he was saying, hey, you should start keeping like a gratitude journal. Just every day, just write a couple things down or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. Sounds good. And he said, when you look back you'll go, I feel like I've gone nowhere. I feel like it's out of control. And he goes, and you'll go back and go, oh my gosh, I had no idea how far I've actually come. Because mm. right, our, our view of our life is this big because we see every detail of every day and we get caught up in that. And we don't see all of this progress we've made in the last six weeks, eight weeks, two months, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think a lot of times having good friends or really yeah. good family helps so you can go like just like with fitness right because so you're really mm. into fitness too mm-hmm. and sometimes you right, you do your fitness journey and it's amazing and sometimes you're doing the work and you're just you're not seeing what you want to see and then you can go back to a picture from like three months ago and be like oh never mind yeah <laughs> i've made great progress <laughs> hopefully yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i agree i think i think like you said we we, we, we can get caught up in that, I don't know, like, we like instant gratification and we can kind of just probably not say be bored, but we get caught up in just doing, doing, doing. And then we kind of think to ourselves, you know, we kind of don't think about the past or we don't always reflect sometimes. And until you like, you reflect, like you said, yeah. you can kind of see how far you've come, um, you know, whether, whether that's fitness or whether that's, you know, doing like certain content um on you know the internet you can kind of see how you how far you've grown and stuff and i think it's important to do that isn't it it's important to do that it's important to do a gratitude list as well absolutely especially with all the kind of extra craziness that seems to be going on lately it's yeah. so easy to get caught up in the negative and that's how human brains are, are made right we, we pay mm. attention to the negative like it, it, it creates this huge space in our brain because it's a survival mechanism to pay attention to those kind of things but that means we have a tendency to neglect the positive, but those positives are so important for our, just our daily health and our happiness and our productivity and everything in mm. between. So yeah, if we just take that minute to, to literally, I do it in my calendar because um, that paper's always right there in front of me with all my to-dos for the day. And I just, you know, a couple things, hey, this day, this is what happened. I'm grateful for this. And some days I'm just like, I'm grateful that I'm writing here and I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. right? I'm grateful yeah. the day is done and yeah. that's okay that is okay because it still takes you out of that negative moment. And I don't know how it is over there, but like our media over here is all about negativity. Mm. Everything's about negativity. And so people who get sucked into that, it's, it's intense. It's really intense. So yeah, taking that time to, to be mindful about your positive moments, mm. a huge difference every day. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I think that's, that's really important what you said. And I think like, you know, the, it's, it's being aware of, you know, what you're thinking, and what you're feeling, isn't it? It can be difficult because there's so much going on around, there's so much kind of going on, you know, in our heads, et cetera. Um, but I think that with the news, especially, you know, like being careful what kind of news you look at, 
Um, the thing is that we have like, you know, the wide kind of spread news, like the BBC, you know, is mm-hmm. one of the biggest ones, you know, oh, it's yeah. even in the States, I think. Yeah, it uh, is. BBC, uh, we have Sky News, uh, you know, there's many others, but we have like also local news as well, like local area news. And sometimes I watch it and it annoys me because I'm like, is that even news? There was like, yeah, there was one where they, they pulled down a bridge. There was like a, a crossover bridge that you walked over yeah. from one part of the road to the next. And, and it was taken down and there was like a massive article on it. And I'm like, is that even news? They're just taking <laughs> a walk taken off a walkway bridge from the road like and they made 15 minutes on the news and i'm like there's, there's surely more important things happening out there so maybe 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 that's a good sign though maybe that's the sign that there's nothing else going on yeah it's better I'll, than hey there was a double homicide at like you know mcdonald's last night right yeah <laughs> i'll totally take they took the walking bridge down <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i was that's just like this funny. is i was like this is really strange it's really like a really British news kind of like thing, but um, but yeah, I mean, the the news and the media is really powerful because I think it influences how how you think and how you feel and how you behave, and uh, especially with the coronavirus thing, because we had we have these uh, monthly or weekly announcements from the Prime Minister. And he would talk about the coronavirus situation and what's happening. And it's very strict and it's very firm. It's very like quite, can be quite scary or negative. And there's no like reassurance in it. And he was basically saying, you know, if you don't abide by the rules, you know, you could lose family members before their time. And it's like, you know, that's, that's quite, okay, that could happen, but it's very dumb. And uh, yeah, they, it's very emotional, right? It's yeah. that emotional trigger as opposed to using logic. And that's one of, I think, the biggest problems here in the States is our public education system is not the greatest. And mm. so these people learn to live on emotion and we value living on emotion, which is ridiculous um, and really quite harmful. But yeah, you get the news and you get these people out there, the, especially these people in leadership positions or these, these organizations that are supposed to know what they're talking about. Mm. And they just drop this stuff and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, shock value. And you immediately go into this reaction, right? Yeah. Whereas you should be going, well, time out, time out. I could lose a family member early because they walked down the stairs wrong and fell, right? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, okay, so should you, be, should you be smart about your situation? Absolutely. Can we be adults though? Mm. That would be nice, right? Yeah. But we seem to lose, we, we've lost a ton of that through all of this because people are just looking for that, you know, somebody tell me something I want to hear. Somebody shock me, right? Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my mom if I don't wash my hands 55 times a day. Mm. Not likely. Yeah. 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 It's, it is, it is a funny situation. I mean, I think with my news, I I just tend to like, sounds really bad, but I kind of like listen to, you know, watch podcasts like Joe Rogan and things like that. Cause it's like, there's news and podcasts that they, you know, they look into and it, yeah. you know, especially, I mean, on LinkedIn, I mean, looking where, looking at news where you've kind of got important stuff, but it's kind of filtered down. So you're not yeah. seeing all the nonsense. Um, but, but I think that's kind of like, you know, it's what gets your, what's, what gets people's attention, you know, it then makes money, doesn't it? For these companies. It, and you totally hit it right on the head. It is money right? The reactions get people to come back. It's no different than like adrenaline junkies. So I don't know how you are, but I'm totally an adrenaline junkie. Like I love that adrenaline rush. And so I'm always like, okay, I can just, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go bungee jumping. I'm going to go skydiving. I'm going to get whatever, even on the Mm -hmm. daily stuff. So if somebody can sit down in front of the news and they get that adrenaline rush, your body reacts to that physically, right? Your brain does, especially. And then when you sit down, if you don't get that again, you're bored. And then you're just going to mm. change the channel. So if they can keep that adrenaline rush going by being more extreme and more extreme and more extreme, all of a sudden you've got these people literally just hooked into this. And it doesn't matter if it's a bridge falling down or being taken down or your mm. mother's going to die from coronavirus or mm. somebody, it, it, it doesn't matter. They have perfected the art of 
of getting people to respond um, emotionally yeah. and getting you hooked on that emotional thing. So I think the idea of like listening to the podcast and stuff makes so much more sense because if you, if you go into it with an open mind and you watch all different kinds of podcasts, right? People you don't necessarily agree with, but people you agree with people, you don't understand what they're talking about, but you're going to listen anyway, right? That's how you understand what's going on in the world. But if we just listen to our news and we get this idea that, oh my gosh, the entire world has coronavirus and every other human being is dying and the rest of them are turning into zombies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you step outside of that and you go, but I don't see any evidence around me. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But the podcast brings so much more of that one-on-one -on -one real life into it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Because you're kind of seeing other people's perspective. You're seeing different people's perspective on, say, articles or things that are happening and their point of view. And then you can make up your own mind based on that. And it's not like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's still factual, but it's not like um, you consume it in a different way. You know what I mean? You see it in a different way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's yeah, something that we have to think about, I think, and something that we kind of have to kind of limit and have that balance of it as well, especially when you look at the news. Don't look at it before you go to work. Try and look at it before you go to bed. Um, yeah, um, but, yeah, I mean, as well, I, to kind of change subject, I, I forgot to mention, like, what it is that you do, like, work-wise. So you're, like, doing coaching. Yeah, so I have a couple jobs. I have I've I have what I call job ADD. <laughs> so I I coach figure skating. Um, I'm a private coach. I'm a public coach, so I keep teach group classes too. And then I also teach hockey conditioning, um, and edge classes to to really strengthen their skating. Um, wow. And then on top of that, um, I I'm just getting ready to start teaching or um, start teaching conditioning to a hockey team up here, a college hockey team. I'm really excited about that. And then I actually own my own business. And I don't know if you knew that. Um, I'm a firearms dealer <laughs> and an NRA instructor. So, <laughs> right? <laughs> I get that reaction a lot. Um, I teach people how to shoot. I teach them uh, concealed carry courses. So in the US, most states oh, I I have that. to take a class to learn to prove that you can shoot and you know what you're doing before you can conceal carry a gun. So I teach those classes and then I sell guns and yeah. That's that cool. Stuff. That's the uh, word, a miracle. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. That's cool, though. I mean, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you I think, especially in America and especially in certain places, you kind of need a weapon for self-defense because, you know, there are a lot of crazy things happening. And it's kind of... Uh, it was almost like a culture thing, you know what I mean? I've been to America a few times and I've kind of, I'm quite streetwise. I've kind of been to certain places. And I'm like, oh, you know, would I want to be down here on a dark night? Like, so there's, there's certain elements to it as well, isn't there? Um, so but with, with the, um, like the weapon side of it, like, so do you do like, you take people on courses and you do like firearm training, things like that? So I do, I'm a stickler for a lot of classroom work. So I want people to know how to take apart their gun and clean their gun and handle their gun and know that if something goes wrong, they know what to do with their gun and know when it's okay legally to shoot or not to mm. shoot, where you can shoot, what you can shoot, how you can shoot. I mean, all of it, right? So it's, it's really quite comprehensive. So I do a lot of classroom work and then I take people to the range and then from there we work on like the physical actual shooting, how to, how to mm. aim and how to shoot and be, be consistent. And, um, and one of the things that I really stress in my classes and, and this is very applicable to, to outside of the firearms world is when you're under a lot of stress, your body doesn't do fine tuning anymore. Right. So you lose a mm. lot of like your finite movements um, and your brain goes into overdrive. Like it just, boom, right. It's almost like that emotional, it's right. That emotional response again. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's my, I see it as my job to make sure that people are educated enough and practiced enough that if they're ever in this emotional situation, that they can make a good decision. 
And when you start throwing firearms into that, that's a really, really big responsibility, I think. Like, I, I definitely take that very seriously because the last thing I want to do is say, hey, this guy over here totally knows what he's doing. And then like he gets into a situation and he does something super stupid and you're going, I said he yeah, was okay. Yeah. And he's yeah. not. Yeah. Right? It, it, and that's, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I do is I really try to drill people and make them understand the importance of doing all of this, not just legally, mm. but smart. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting to talk about as well, because I think like, um, especially I won't go too much into it, but you know, with like the police in America, there's been a lot of cases where, um, you know, police officers have reacted um, and, you know, they're, they're saying, I mean, it's a whole different story, you know, that they, they should have more kind of training and guidance in that area of things because they're, you know, reacting. You know, like you said, that adrenaline's going and, you know, people, um, things can be misinterpreted when there's so much going on, especially, you know, if the weather's not good. There's so many different dynamics, the weather, nighttime, mm -hmm. um, you know, the area. So tensions are high and people, are, you know, they've got a weapon, the other person might. So I think a lot of the time people, not that I'd be in a situation myself, but if I was put myself in that situation, you know, they might react and the, you know, their adrenaline's pumping. If they just take a deep breath and just relax and wet you, because when your adrenaline's going, you, your thinking is blurred. It's not the same. I can't remember what actually happens in the brain, but something happens where I think it's the frontal part of the brain, the logical side of it isn't as effective. Right, right. You lose a lot of your executive processing and you're right, if that comes from the frontal lobe, um, if I remember right. Yeah. College was a really long time ago, that piece of college. Um, it, and it's an, interesting, it's an interesting dilemma here in the US with that because they do need the training. They need so much training because you're right, you cannot train for these situations because there's so much going on. You cannot perfectly train for, for everything that's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, at least a lot of our society is not willing to put in the money that it would take to fund that. Right. That's a, I mean, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of, and it's constant training, right? It's not, you go through yeah, the, yeah. the academy for eight months and then you're good. It's constantly keeping, keeping up those skills. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dilemma. Um, when you talk about it from, from like a public service perspective, but it is, yeah. it's a, well, and if, okay. So if you were to look, okay, my dad was a cop, so I'll throw this out there. Mm. Um, so I have a little bit of the insider perspective. Now he did mostly narcotics work, mm. um, and some cult stuff, which was crazy weird. Um, but yeah. Um, where was I going with that? Cool stuff. You said cool <laughs> stuff, which is really weird. If, if you call, well, so if you call, yeah, the narcotics and the cult, the cult stuff. It was he did a satanic cult crimes, weird stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, but as a cop, it, it it was interesting because he never had to pull his trigger. Now he's got a couple of stories where he mm -hmm. was ready to pull the trigger. Um, yeah. But I mean, they were constantly going through the training of doing that. And if you're going to mm. put that kind of responsibility into citizens' hands with like a concealed carry, they should be required to do a lot of the same training. And I know that's not a cool perspective around here and a lot of mm. people don't like that and that's too bad. Yeah. Um, it just kind of makes common sense to me. Yeah, no, I've, I've um, listened to podcasts where a guy called Joey Diaz and he said, he knows a lot of cops and he said, um, you know, with some police officers, they don't take police officers from, you know, where they've been brought up. They put them in different states or different areas. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, like, there'd be less problems if you had, I don't know, say, for example, Officer, Officer Wilkins in, in, in the state he grew up in and people know who he is. And there'd be a lot less, you know, problems because people know who that guy is. And they, they understand the area and what's going on as well. Yeah, and again, that's a double-edged sword. So it'd be great to have the cops have that that inside knowledge right the streets the street smarts and mm. understand the feel of the streets and what they're looking for um and there is a lot of value to that at the same time if you live in the area you work in and you're working in areas where you're making a lot of enemies who have violent tendencies and connections mm. that's not okay 
No, I know for the majority of the police officer and officers I know, they do not live in the exact area, the, the precincts that they actually work in. And it's because, yeah, yeah. you know, if I take your buddy down here in for, you know, drug dealing, whatever else, and it pisses you off, and then you see me on the street, not, you know, not at work, there's a problem. Yeah, there's yeah. likely to be a huge problem. So I totally understand what you're saying, and I agree 100%. Yeah. But there's the other side to it, too. There is that side to it, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, there is that double-edged yeah. sword side, like, side of sword to it. Um, but like with with like terms of like um, in America and like uh, people carry weapons, do you do you think like um, people just need to be more kind of relaxed around it, like you know to be prepared? But like you know, there's like a difference between like responding and reacting, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that's where a lot of people actually get into trouble with the police because we expect the police to keep us safe. But if you literally look at what a police does, they mm. react once the problem has happened. That's mm. their mm. job. So it's our job to try to mitigate circumstances as much as possible, right? So if there's a confrontation going on, a really heated confrontation, I think it's every citizen's job to do their best to go, whoa, chill, time out, yeah, right? Yeah. It, and, and it's really hard to do. Like if you're in the parking lot and you've got two people screaming at each other and you're like, something's going on. It's really yeah, yeah. hard because I've been there, done that to walk up to one of them and be like, is there, can, is there anything I can help you with? Right, you yeah, know, yeah. they're going to turn on you, yeah. but it distracts them, right? It breaks that moment. Mm. Um, but it, it's not a normal human thing to do. It's mm. very uncomfortable. Um, and as a society that, that where we are able for the most part to carry weapons on us, I think, again, it is so important that you have additional training. Yeah. Right? It's not like anybody can just go drive. I don't hand somebody my, my car keys and go, hey, 10 year old, have fun on the streets, right? <laughs> yeah. You have to go out. You have to prove you know what you're doing. Although that should be stricter too, because the drivers are horrific. But <laughs> we won't even yeah, stop yeah. on that. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, if you're going to be trusted with something that could kill somebody, I don't care if you're carrying a freaking baseball bat around. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You should have to go through some sort of basic training that shows you what to do, when to do it, and emotional training. Right. That's mm. the biggest thing that lacks is that emotional training. I'm super pissed off right now and I've totally been wronged and so on and so forth. And I feel justified in my action because mm. the view, my view of my world is this big right now. Mm. Right. I see everything that has just gone wrong mm. and I'm ready to take action. But for anybody on the outside, they're going to go, wait, 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 time out, dude, time out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we don't here in the States, especially we don't teach emotional IQ at all mm, mm. at all and it's a problem it's a huge problem and then that kind of like has to kind of be dealt with afterwards isn't it because like you know that situation happens and you see on the news a lot um and you know this has happened this has happened and then they kind of can't come to terms or the process and you know all that stuff afterwards um yeah no it's it's, it's definitely an interesting topic you know talk about for you know for hours about um yeah as well with the um, with the with the ice skating, like do you, so you like find it really rewarding, you know, like coaching people and seeing them like come on in in, in like you know ice skating and hockey. I do, I do, and actually one of the things that I love most about it is it's an opportunity to mentor the kids um, and adults, adults too, and teach them that emotional IQ. Right. Hmm. So they're not going to learn it in school and, and ho houses are supposed to be that place. Right? When you're home, you should be able to just like chill out and explode in your room and do what you need to do, whatever else. Hmm. Um, but with skating, you have the discipline and with that discipline comes frustration and with that frustration hmm. comes disappointment. And with all of that, lots of times comes anger. And those are all natural things, right? You don't repress those. You don't say, nope, that's not okay. Don't feel those. Right. That is not the way to handle it. And that's how we have a tendency to handle it is either don't feel it or feel it all. We have mm. to go back to doing a lot of mindfulness and it's going, okay, right now I am feeling very angry. Okay. I'm going to acknowledge the fact that right now I'm super pissed. Mm. Um, but then I'm going to let it go because that's not who I want to be right now. Right. That, that particular feeling is not going to be a productive feeling. 
no matter what that feeling is. But teaching people to do that is so much work. And so if you mm. can start with these kids, right? They get super angry because they didn't get, you know, the placement in the competition they thought they were going to. Well, this is an awesome opportunity for me to sit down with them and go, look, life's not fair. Mm. Sorry. You, if you did this to get a first place in the competition, you're doing it all wrong to begin with. Yeah. You did this to learn. You did this to grow. You did this to be healthy. Mm. But teaching that is just this, it, it's a lifelong lesson. But if you can start when they're young and then you see them develop and you see them get it and you see them get excited and you see when the kid, I had um, one kid, oh my gosh, she was so funny. She's this itsy bitsy little thing. And in a competition, she, what did she do? Oh, so she had two programs. So she did one program and then later in the day she had to do the second. Mm. Well, instead of doing the second program, she did the first again. And I was just like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, you're going to be disqualified. You can't do that. And so she got off the ice. I was, I was, she was itsy bitsy. So I could yell at her. So I was like yelling at her on the ice. I'm like, finish your program. <laughs> and, um, and she did. And then she skated off. And I was like, okay, we're going to chill out. And so I told her mom, I said, expect this not to go well. Right. And she was like, how did I do? And I was like, well, let's talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> and I expected her to be like, just, just distraught and downtrodden and everything else. And she wasn't, she was like, oh, so next time I shouldn't do that. And I was like, yes, <laughs> let's yeah. not repeat that. Yeah. Um, but it was so cool for me as a coach to be able to go, wow, she had this growth moment, right? Where she could have very justifiably been very hard on herself and very critical of herself and everything else. But she didn't. She went, oh, man, I totally screwed up. Mm. I guess I should fix that. And I was like, score, score. Yeah. You're doing something yeah. right in the world. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much fulfillment um, as a coach when you, when you have those moments. I love it. And I mean, you're, you, I'm sure you've seen that plenty with your coaching too. Yeah. Right? You're talking to someone and you're hashing something out and it's just right. There's like this wall there. And as soon as you break that wall down and they have like this aha moment, you're going, oh, I have done something good in the world. Yeah. Best yeah. Ever. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's like, it's pretty amazing that, you know, when you see people shift from, you know, wherever they are in their mind, you know, when they, before they come to you and then you see them kind of change and it's just having that space for them to kind of like unravel, you know, whatever's going on. And that, you know, that's some people just kind of need to be listened to. Some people just need that space to kind of have certain questions kind of thrown their way and then they can kind of, do their work you know it's like they're doing all the work you're just kind of like it's almost like guiding a ship to its course and some exactly exactly well and you can't it doesn't matter if you're talking about relationships or coaching or whatever it is you cannot force somebody to see something they don't want to see yeah. right you can literally show them all the evidence right i'm telling you you are blank and here's everything there's no mm. way you can deny this and they're going to deny it right and that's okay that that's human nature but if you as a coach can, can, like you said, guide them so that they can see on their own terms, oh my gosh, mm. this is where I'm at. This is where I need to be. This is what it's going to take. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And going back to practice and discipline, the more they do it, the easier it becomes. And that's how you get people who can stop and look at themselves and go, okay, I got to mm. fix something. But that's really yeah. hard to do. It's hard to teach. Yeah. It's, it can be difficult, I bet. And I think like it's, it's that person being able to kind of stop for a second and pause, isn't it? And like you said, that, that young girl that you're talking about, kind of, you know, I think it, I don't know, like, I, I wouldn't say age, I wouldn't say I blame the age, but I think like, yeah, it's just, she probably had a lot of clarity at that time, you know, just made her realise the way she kind of thought about it. Where some people can kind of get defensive and be like, no, it's, it's not me you know, yeah. and point the finger. And if you can actually probably find a place in yourself where you take a step back and look at, about, look at it and think about it, then they can kind of, you know, take it in more probably. Absolutely. And that's how we grow, right? If we don't, if we're not willing to take that time to have that uncomfortable moment and that uncomfortable conversation with ourselves of, okay, I screwed up or I need to change or whatever it is, that growth will never happen, right? We will be victims of the world for life. And you know those people, I mean, even as adults, they're looking at stuff and, and they're blaming their circumstances on this and the world hates me and woe is me and I'm so oppressed and everything else. And you're going, 
dude, you sucked at your job, so you got fired. It's nobody else's problem or whatever the case may be because they never mm. learned or they weren't willing to learn. Again, that's the hard part. You have to be willing. They weren't willing to learn that moment of, all right, I got to stop. I'm not perfect and I mm. need to figure this out. Yeah. And that's hard. To, in fact, there's a book, what's it called? Um, Deliberate Discomfort mm. by Jason Van Camp, I believe. Um, yeah. I think that's yeah jason van camp deliberate discomfort every human should be required to read this and it's it's literally just about going okay i need to make progress or you know or you're stagnant there is no you're on a, life is a treadmill right mm. it's constantly going there is no standing still you are either mm. fighting forward or you are flying back mm. and it takes these these moments in life where you deliberately go this is gonna suck right it, going back to school right? As a single mom trying to work and do everything else. I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's going to be hard, but I know I, that's what it's going to take to get me over here to grow. Mm. But as humans, 99% of us don't want to do that. We don't because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think like, you know, like you said, life's kind of like that treadmill and it's always going and you know, there's no breaks to it. And, um, it's like I heard a quote, I think it was at Kevin Hart, and he was like, you know, that's, he was saying, you know, the sun's going to come up in the morning, you know, like, with or without you kind of thing. You know, what are you going to do? That sun's going to be up in, in the morning, regardless of what. And it's like you said, um, we don't, we kind of don't like feeling discomfort. We kind of wired to kind of like, you know, seek comfort and, you know, it's a lot easier to see comfort than discomfort. And I think, but like you said, as, as you push through that discomfort, you grow and you become stronger, you know? Absolutely. And you, again, you do a lot of working out, right? You're really active. Yeah. I, 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 I do, I do wait. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Did I just put you on the spot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, it's Sorry. fine. No, it's cool. No, it's fine. I just had to pause. Um, yeah, I, I work out, but I, I do it. I do it, you know, for my own personal kind of fitness. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, through lockdown, I, you know, I did press ups uh, and um, weights and then I just kept doing it over time. But I, I you know, I, I do that. I'm quite humble with it. And I, I do it because it makes me feel good, you know, and I, and I want to look after my body. And yeah, it is hard. Like, you know, you, like you work out as well and things like that. And, you know, but when you, when you're doing it, it's difficult, but then you, like you said, you look back at like a month ago or however long and you, you feel, you know, you can see where you've grown. Absolutely. But you had to take that deliberate discomfort, right. To begin with and go, whether it's your board or you want to make changes, you want to be healthy. You have to go through that, that, uncomfortable stage of okay i'm gonna do this like I, I work out seven days a week two to four times a day like that's what i do wow yeah well you know what are you gonna do but every morning i usually almost every morning i do hard cardio i hate cardio so i hate cardio so much <laughs> <laughs> i hate it and so when i'm down you know in a plank and i start doing everest climbers and i'm like literally have sweat dripping off my face and i can't breathe and i just want to start cursing at the world because i hate mm. this so much um it's that deliberate discomfort that brings those results because it'd be mm. so easy just to lay there and be like i'm skipping this part i don't like yeah. this part not doing it but in order to grow you have to do it right in order to build muscle you have to tear it down Right. Mm. That's how you build muscle is you have to create all these little micro tears in it mm. and then it rebuilds and then it rebuilds stronger. So it doesn't micro tear anymore. Mm. Um, and again, that's life. We can jump into something, you know, way ahead of where we should be and it's going to be too much. But if we are constantly taking these little uncomfortable steps going, all right, uncomfortable, but okay. Example, I don't, um, I'm not, I'm not great at being social. <laughs> like mm. I, it's just not my thing. And so I was working, I really started working on it last year. And so I would go to social, I go to places and, and my goal was to just smile and say hi to people. Like mm. that was it. Mm. And it was so uncomfortable and I would be sweaty and awkward and I hated it, but I yeah. got so much better at it. So now when I'm walking on the street and I see somebody and I'm like, ah, 
um, looks like they may be having a, you know, a day. I made all those little micro tears in my, and through this discomfort and I can just go, Hey, have a great day. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, thanks. Right. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. But it takes all that discomfort to get there. Oh, mm. and no one likes yeah. it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with you. And I think like, I can relate to that from when I first started working in hospitality team restaurants, like you're kind of thrown in all these different scenarios and so many, it's a very, very social line of work. And I, I'm quite, I'm very social, like as a person, but I'm talking about when I was 16 years old, you know, 10 years ago, I just left school, you know, college. And I remember like, you know, you've got chefs saying stuff, you've got customers and, and it's like, you know, you, you don't, you kind of still trying to find out who you are as well. And, you yeah. know, your confidence and stuff. So you kind of, like I said, a bit like Bambi on ice, you know. Yep. Um, and I remember just feeling really overwhelmed. And like I said, like anxious, sweating, you know, going off the tables, not knowing what to say, how to say stuff. But like you said, when you go in all these different situations, you just gain so much resilience and grow. You know, even even if it is hard and difficult, I I would rather like go. Me now would rather go into situations, fail, or find difficult situations and come out. You know what I mean? Go through that rather than not go into those situations at all. Absolutely, and you totally win. You said resilience, like that's one of my favorite words is resilience, resilience and perseverance. And you're right. Like pretty much everything we've talked about, it's all about that resilience. It's physical resilience. It's emotional. It's mental resilience but it takes so much work to get there mm. and you're constantly having to work on it. Like mm. you can feel like you are, you know, you you're at the top of your game. You know who you are and life is good or whatever else. I can guarantee you life is life is about to knock you on your butt and show you, you mm. know, nothing mm. and you're going to start over. Mm. And that's, again, that's that growth and it's yeah. us, <laughs> yeah. but it's grow or die, grow or die. So yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Cause, um, like with with that, like um, that Jerry Diaz guy that I like, he's on Jerry Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was talking about jujitsu, mm-hmm. and he was saying it's very therapeutic in some way because he says you're always constantly learning and improving and self-reflecting because like you could be good at a hold or a certain wrestling move, and then he said one got one time you might do it and someone else is better than you, so he said you know you might have been doing it for eight years but you're still thinking about you know, where you went wrong and where you need to improve and stuff like that. Absolutely. It's that constant activity of constant improvement. Mm, and it's mm. tiring. Have you ever mm. noticed that the older you get, the more tired you get? I don't think it's because we're older. I think it's because <laughs> I think it's because we've worked so long and I don't mean at your job, like every day. <laughs> mm. It's like constant, yeah. like climbing stairs all the mm. time. Mm. Yeah, it's... I think things can definitely be a grind, isn't it? And um, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, kind of how, how kind of, what's the word? How kind of like resilient and how, how, kind, of like, how kind of resilient and strong people are, you know, how we, how we grow, you know, and we can adapt to situations. It's pretty, it's pretty, pretty amazing, I find. It is. It is. One of the things I studied in my bachelor's degree was a lot of nature versus nurture. And are you familiar mm. with the, the concept nature versus nurture? I've heard of it. I've definitely heard of it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of it is the study of we're born with certain traits, right? Who we are, but our parents or whoever raises us instills a lot of that too. Right. And there's, there's this balance that no one can seem to find of how much of who we are is nature unchangeable essentially versus nurture, what did we learn? Um, and it's, it's interesting to, to really put those two things together and, and to look at people in different situations. So Ben Carson, uh, who's, who's a politician around here, um, he grew up in horrific circumstances, absolutely horrific circumstances. And his mother was pretty hardcore on, on, he, on he and his brother. And um, I think it was his brother, yeah. And, he ended up turning into this, this, this renowned neurosurgeon, um, mm. a pediatric neurosurgeon at that. And he has done just, just phenomenal things in life. And now he's working as a leader um, in our um, department of housing and things like that. Mm. But if you look at so many people who are in his situation, they didn't turn out that way. Mm. 
right? They ended up turning to gangs, drugs, they died young, um, live on welfare, whatever the case may be. And so you stop and you go, how much of it was just him versus how much of it was his mom hmm. forcing him to do these things? If we had an answer to that, man, we could solve so many of the world's problems. Yeah. We should work on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You and I, we're yeah. going to solve this. Yeah. <laughs> Day one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, there's an uncomfortable goal right there. We're gonna solve yeah. the world's problems. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, yeah, it is it is interesting. Like you said, when you see certain people and what they achieve, and that's why I, I'm interested in people. You know, because like you see certain people who've done certain things, and then you kind of think to yourself, like, how did they get to that place? You know, why? You know, what made them do that? And why isn't X, Y, Z person doing that? And it's definitely, um, definitely interesting. Like, I think, be, I mean, no one, nobody can be like Elon Musk, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's one rare human being, you know? Yes. Um, but we can kind of, I think, take certain things that he's done, you know, with like, in terms of business and entrepreneurship and things like that you can kind of model those side of things, you know, because I think he, he had an, you know, set in mind what he wanted to do and he did it. So we can kind of take those kind of parts from it. Absolutely. And, and those, I mean, he's, he's a natural leader in, in so many ways. And it was funny, I was, I was thinking about this, I think it was just today, I was watching some, some figure skaters and just semi-recently have people started doing quad, quadruples right? So they, they mm. jump in the air, they spin four times, and then they land. Before, like, nobody did quads. Like, it, people were going, I don't think it's really possible. And all it took was one person going, want to bet? And they started landing quads. And now everybody can land quads. And all of a sudden, I, and it's the same thing with track stars, right? Everyone said, no one's breaking the six-minute mile. It was broken. Everybody could break it. No one break the five, the four, whatever else. Yeah. It, but it takes a different type of mentality and resilience. Holy cow, the resilience on, on like Elon Musk and these guys is just incredible because the first step to success is failing. Mm. You're gonna fail. You have to mm. fail. If you do not fail, you will not succeed. And Elon Musk has failed plenty. Mm. But again, deliberate discomfort. He's gotta go, wow, that failed. <laughs> yeah. What did I learn from that? And how do I go yeah. from there? Yeah. Right? It's really hard. But as soon as one person sees an Elon Musk in the world and they go, oh my gosh, this guy's mm. taking on everything. And he's in mm -hmm. and, and, and he's huge, right? Mm. They're gonna go, I can do that too. Right? That mm. barrier is broken for them. Whereas before people were going, You can't do that. No one's yeah. done it before. Why why you can't do that? Nah, now nah, we are our biggest roadblocks by far. Yeah. Far. yeah no definitely i think like it's it's like we kind of all have that kind of critical voice at some point do you know what i mean um in our head or in ourselves when we do something or sometimes you know it's just like tuning into ourselves, isn't it and kind of like believe you know let's say like you know, you know affirmations beliefs um you know your thought process how you you know how you perceive yourself isn't it there's so much to it um, you know, like I, sometimes I, you know, I'll be working out and the little voice might go, oh, I'll just, just do this for today. But then yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> but, but, but then I was thinking, but if I just do that, then I'm going to feel crap later on. And then the crazy thing is what I was talking about the other day is like the domino effect. Yeah. Like, you know, how, is it like how you start your week, you know, how you start your morning, things like this, then scatter out throughout the day. And, and um, until you start thinking about that, you kind of really, yeah, really kind of go to a place, don't you, where you start to think about things. You do. And, and that's what you're talking about, again, is so much resilience, right? You have to build that resilience in there so that you can, if you start your day or your week off wrong and you're going, you don't just give it all up. So in, in dieting, there's this thing called the what the hell effect. And it's a if you have a moment and you're supposed to be eating really healthy or whatever, and you just don't, right? You have a moment of weakness because you're human and you go, what the hell? May as well just screw the rest of the day or the week, <laughs> right? Whatever, yeah. I give up, right? That's a really nasty domino effect you just threw in there and you didn't have to. But if you've got mm. the resilience, you can go, 
all right, I screwed up mm. going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. And just realize you're going to screw up again. You're going, yeah. you are going to screw up. You will fail. Yeah. Welcome to being mm. human. Mm. Okay? Failure is part of it. Like mm. you're not unique because you failed. Mm. But when we get in our heads, like you were talking about, man, we can go down the toilet fast. We just spiral ourselves down and go, well, I suck at life now. And no wonder that this is a problem and I'm going to be stuck in the situation forever. And I may as well just give up. Okay, dude, you ate a Snickers bar, like chill out. <laughs> it's not yeah. the end of the world. But man, yeah. we are so good at doing that to ourselves and just destroying ourselves. And that's so sad, but yeah. it's human. It's human nature. So if you have that resilience, you know, hopefully you can dig yourself out of your little hole and climb back up. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I saw a picture and it, it's, it's kind of tying into what we're talking about. And it was, um, it was a picture of a, a pipe and it was made, oh, what's that made of? copper. Okay. It was copper. And it was, this, this pipe was basically rusting. And it was basically saying, you know, it doesn't basically, you know, just rust straight away. And it kind of compared that to the, the mind. And it was like, you know, the people, you know, we, we don't basically saying like, it's kind of down to us in our mind. We can either be you know, positive or negative. If you're being negative, you're going to kind of rust. Basically, you're going to beat yourself up, you know, yeah. if you choose to. Absolutely. Well, and I'm, I love biopsychology. I'm, I'm totally a bio nerd. Like I mm. love that kind of stuff. And one of the cool things I learned in biopsychology was if you have negative thoughts or positive thoughts, right? Either way, they actually stimulate your brain differently, no matter, and whichever one you have more of will strengthen more in your brain, right? Just like working out, just like making those uncomfortable decisions in life, things like that. The more you do it, the stronger that gets. So if we have a tendency to be super hard on ourselves, oh my gosh, you're creating this piece in your brain that's going to continue to be hard on yourself and just get worse and worse and worse. And I, I had, um, I've had people tell me, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do a stream of consciousness kind of thing. They're like, Leslie, what is going on in your head? And I will just mm. stream of consciousness, like, Bleh, right. This is what's going on in my head. And they go, Oh my gosh, Leslie, would you ever say that like to your daughter? Would you ever tell anybody, would you ever talk to anybody the way you talk to yourself? And I'm like, no, that would be mm. terrible. <laughs> I would never say the things to anybody else that I say to myself. And they would look at me and they'd say, well, then why is it okay? I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not okay. But it's what I have created in my head for so long. Yeah, right? that yeah. That's just my natural thought process. And it has taken a lot of work and time, and we're still working on it, to get mm. those, those voices and those thought processes changed because it is phys it is a physical transformation in your brain where the mm. side that was super negative and all these pathways that were so strong it's time to right weaken these and strengthen these mm. but mm. like working out like discipline and skating anything it takes yeah. time and repetition mm. and time and repetition and that takes resilience yeah no i i agree i think that's a really really good point um it's it's definitely you know real you know, when you think about it in that way. And instead of people being on autopilot, you know, just to take, you know, a few seconds and, you know, like what you just mentioned, that it's almost like a hard wiring, isn't it? Um, and we, we've got the ability to, you know, be aware of that and change that if you want to. You know, it's a choice, isn't it, at the, at the end of the day. And I think people, people are going to have to, you know, people should change for themselves. You know, you can't force somebody to change. It's kind of got to come from within. Um, yeah it um, does but in order to come from within you have to be willing to see it and that's where mm. so many people fall short because to actually sit back and go how broken am i inside because everyone's broken inside nobody's perfect and that's okay but to be mm. able to look inside and go wow i have this really ugly inner thing going on right now and i need to do something about it as opposed to just going <clears throat> i know i'm not perfect and i'll work on it i'll work on it Right. Look at my changes. I've done such a good job. Whereas unless those changes have happened internally and it's an intrinsic thing, you're doing it for you, right? Mm. You want to be a better person. Even if it's, I want to be a better person because I need to be the best person I can for my kiddo. I'm not doing it for her. She just happens to be a good sidekick. Right. Mm, mm, mm. But it's so hard for so many people to be sincere about mm. that. Right. 
being in being um, introspective. That's the word I want. Being introspective is hard hmm. because we we all want to be strong. But if you're introspective, you're going to go, look, I'm weak. I've got weaknesses. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, I get that. I mean, I, I, I experienced that when I, you know, when I did coaching, you kind of have to be coached. You have to be coached. You can't just yeah. do life coaching. You have to get, go into like, you know, your insecurities and kind of go into the, the dark stuff, you know, to uh, understand what it's like to be vulnerable and what it's like to be on the other side of it. So you understand how that, you know what I mean? You kind of see yeah. both sides. And I think when you, when you tap into things and you own it and you accept it, you know, that's kind of where change can happen because you start processing it and you start kind of almost like playing around with it, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, I think a lot of that goes back to being mindful, going, mm. right, I've got this, I've got this darkness, I've got this dark side, I've got these issues, whatever you want to call them. And then going, okay, I acknowledge that that's part of me, but I acknowledge that's not who I am. It doesn't, it doesn't um, define who I am, mm. Mm. right? Yeah. Now, how do I change it? But mm. you've got to first get to that point where you can go, dude, I got some ugly going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's hard so good on you if you can do that that is phenomenal and you will be the best life coach because you can do that mm. you get it you understand you've been there yeah yeah no it's no i appreciate that and i think like like i said we're all kind of on our own journey on we've all got our own stuff and it you know it's it's just like i said it's kind of trying to be aware of it, isn't it you know it's as hard as that can be sometimes and i think like as well kind of accepting that we do make mistakes and none of us are perfect aren't we we you know it's we kind of i think we live in a world that kind of seeks perfection and things like that there's a whole other topic but um yeah yeah just just kind of like you know owning and being it's okay to fail isn't it like you said you know with these students that you have and that's how you kind of grow it is it absolutely is and as long as we're all working together and growing together and realizing yeah. that the people around us aren't perfect either and we have grace for them and hope that they have grace for us as we learn and grow mm. oh my gosh wouldn't the world just be such a happier place so yeah. much happier just be patient yeah. with people people are people you're a person too right yeah. we all we <laughs> yeah. all have our moments of stupidity we all have yeah, our yeah. moments where we hurt somebody we didn't mean to hurt whatever mm. else but if we can have that grace with somebody else who's who's done that to us, mm. my goodness, yeah. the world would be so much more pleasant. Mm. But no, so. all we can do is teach it, right? And live it. Yeah. 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 No, is that that's the way forward, isn't it? It's the way forward. It it's is. it's you know, telling people, you know, giving people advice and just kind of like mentoring them with, you know, how you think people should be, you know. And, Look, you know, passing on your, your mistakes and, you know, our victories and things like that, and people can learn from it. I was, I was thinking as, as well, like, where, where can people find you on, like, social media? Like, where, where can people... Um, I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I think it's under Leslie Gilchrist. I don't know. Let me check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's... I, I can check. It is. I can check. You can check. All right. Yeah. So it should be under, under less. Yeah, okay, good. That's good. Um, I am on Instagram. I don't. It's, um, owl, A-L, A-L, F-A-L, Alfrap, O3. Alfrap, O3 on Instagram. Um, I don't do a whole lot on Facebook. I'm technically on there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of busy, is. so I'm not on a whole lot of social media at all right now. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, but people can always hit me up. Just don't expect an answer right away. Be patient yeah. with me. I'm human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. But um, but no, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Leslie. And... This has been awesome. Thank you. I no, no, yeah, no, you're welcome. And it, it, it's great to touch base and it's great to, you know, have these, these chats and discussions. I think, you know, we really touch base on some really deep topics and, you know, something that 
I think people can take a lot from. And, you know, it's, it's great, you know, connecting with, okay. you know, yourself. It's all good. And I love the fact that we have enough similar experiences and enough different experiences mm, that we can mm, just bring that all together. Because again, we're yeah. all human. So it's, it's a beautiful thing is what it is. Yeah. No, exactly. But, Thank um, you so much. You are amazing, by the way. Did no, you know that? No. <laughs> truly. No, thank you. Truly. Thank you. Own it. You're talking about oh, owning it. Own the oh, fact free. that you are awesome. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, really means a lot. Good. And so, and so are you as well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, but have have a great have a great evening. It's great talking to you. It was good talking to you too, and I'm sure we will be in touch, good sir. But until mm -hmm. then, have a fabulous night. I will, and you too as well. I will. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Hi there. I'd just like to say a massive thank you for listening to my podcast. I really hope that my podcast has a positive impact and provides positive value to you and your life. I'm also a certified and accredited life coach and I'm offering free discovery call consultations up to 15 minutes. And through these calls, I will touch base with you and see where you're at in your current situation. And as a life coach, I can help you in areas with, you know, mental health, anxiety, depression, goal setting, your relationship coaching, and, you know, many other areas of life. So if you're interested in having a free consultation, please get in touch at thepositivitypodcast at gmail.com or you can reach me on LinkedIn with the name Adam Parr, or my Instagram at positivity94. So if you're interested in having a consultation and you know, you're at a place in your life where you know, you're wanting to reach out for help, um, please get in touch and um, I'll be happy to, to help you. Um, have a great day and um, all the best. Take care.